Welcome to QAV, a podcast about value investing. My name's Cameron Riley. If you're brand new to the podcast, welcome. This is a show we do each week, myself and my friend Tony Kynaston. Tony's a very successful investor, been a professional investor for about 30 years. His average return over that time is about double market. And he uses a system that he calls quality at value, QAV. How do you invest in companies that have a good track record of generating profits and how do you do that when you can buy their shares at a discount to their intrinsic value that's what we teach in QAV and this week on the free version of the podcast we'll be talking about why the ASX is making us feel punch drunk at the moment the Qantas remuneration vote revolt Macquarie Bank's profit drop and then Tony does a deep dive on SSM so let's get into it. Welcome to QAV. This is episode 645. We're recording this on a Monday instead of a Tuesday because, I don't know, something's going on tomorrow. What's going on tomorrow, TK? The biggest sporting event in the horse racing calendar is going on tomorrow. In the world. In the world, yes. <laughs> happy yes, stock market, Tony. Cup. Happy ASX camp. <laughs> and happy, happy uh, Melbourne Cup for you tomorrow. Thank you when people will probably be listening to this as it's running. And when we get to the end of the show, you can give us your uh, tips. Right. How did your tips work out last year? Were they good? No. Okay. Ruddy's tip was, I'm going to give you Ruddy's tip as well later on in the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, Ruddy. Yeah, I'd take tips from Ruddy. <laughs> <laughs> ASX has had a better week this mm. week, Tony, uh, but we've seen this before. Why do I, <laughs> feel, why do I feel punch drunk? <laughs> <laughs> And the RBA is meeting tomorrow, and uh, it doesn't sound good. So, like, this is what I can't figure. Like, everyone, like everything I read in the Financial Review, et cetera, says the RBA is meeting tomorrow to discuss interest rates. Michelle Bullock has been sounding very pessimistic about what's going on in the economy. It, it sounds like if I had to place a bet on it, uh, 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 I don't know what Ruddy's tip is on this one, but I would say <laughs> that she's probably going to raise interest rates. And yet the market's mm. been bullish for the last week. What what am I missing here? Are they just doing it so it can fall again uh, after that comes out tomorrow? It does feel like a dead cat bounce, but um, it's the latest increase has been driven by the US Central Bank. And even then, it's been driven by Wall Street taking bets on what the US Central Bank's going to do. Uh, but there's a there's a theory, I guess, forming on Wall Street that the US Central Bank is through with rate hikes. So that's why the market went up in the US. Um it has come back a little bit because Apple's numbers came out and they weren't that great. I saw, we'll talk about it in a minute, but I saw Berkshire Hathaway's quarterly report came out and Warren's warning that he expects his operating companies to do worse going forward, but that's Warren. He never says they're going to do better. But he is warning that he doesn't normally warn that they could be facing problems. Um, yeah, so it's strange. The latest uptick in the market has been driven by US central bankers being a little bit more circumspect on when the when they're going to hike rates again, and you know certain numbers like unemployment coming out in the US, which supports the argument that we've seen the last uh, rate hike in the states. And as we know, um, America's the dog that wags the ASX as well, so it's gone up a little bit too. But then, if the RBA raise rates, it'll crash again. Probably, 
if I had a regardless crystal, of if I had a crystal ball, I wouldn't wouldn't have been um, gnashing my teeth over the last couple of years of the performance of the market. I don't know. I just uh, I can't make any sense of it. It goes up when it shouldn't go up. Goes down when it shouldn't go down. Oh, I've, I've given up. I'm mean, not that I've ever tried that hard to understand yeah. it, but uh, it's just makes no sense to me. Yeah, I think it's largely noise, as we said. Yeah, this, um, it, but I think the thing that changed for me in the last week or so was I I was sitting on cash because I had nothing to buy, and now I've got a couple of stocks to buy. So I haven't gone completely all in for the same reason you just announced. That I think if if we survive tomorrow's RBA meeting, that might be a better time to buy, but I bought some stocks Friday, Monday. Okay. <laughs> Keeping your powder dry. Yeah. Well, well I, I agree with you. I, it, I mean, it's that's the thing about since the GFC, the central banks have called the shots in markets really, haven't they? I went all in today, but th- knowing as I did it that I'm probably going to have to sell everything when the RBA rises, raises <laughs> interest rates tomorrow and everything plummets again, but I'm like, well... I can't predict. Don't predict. I have to just do what the system tells me to do today. But um, you know, I'm feeling pessimistic about what's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I haven't gone all in also too because I only found a couple of things to buy. So it's yes, not like the floodgates have opened, so to speak. Um, mm. But yeah, I hope I hope I'm wrong. I hope the the, the floodgates will open soon. It um, it's about time if they do. Well, there's nothing going on. Dramatic in the world, Tony. So, you know, <laughs> smooth sailing from here on in, I'm sure. Speaking of speaking of that, I mean, do you what do you think Xi Jinping Ping's sitting back and thinking right now? I, I remember years ago reading an analysis of the or it might even have been public policy by the US Defense Department saying they always had a budget that was big enough to fight four wars around the world at any one time. We got two. <laughs> Xi Jinping's probably out there spreading a bit of dissent somewhere else in the Middle East to bring it up to three or somewhere else in the world. And uh, it's not very far away from invading Taiwan when the US fleet's in the Straits of Hormuz or wherever they are. You've you got to stop believing the capitalist propaganda about Xi Jinping, my friend. He's <laughs> like, he, all he's doing is uh, building a better, more peaceful world. He's the peace broker. Mm-hmm. He's he was the guy trying to do peace deals between Saudi Arabia and Iran. He's the he's the builder of the Belt and Road Initiative, a trillion dollars loaned out to developing countries. He's he just wants peace and love. You know, mm. deep down, he's John Lennon, Xi Jinping. Man, he just wants peace, love, and harmony. He wants a wants a happier world for everybody, happier communist future for everybody. I don't know, don't know what you've been listening to. I wonder what John Lennon would think of the Chinese army if he was ever in charge. <laughs> oh, what's that missile for? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm surprised Paul McCartney hasn't uh, taken half a comment John left on an answering machine 40 years ago and turned it into a new single yet. Yeah, using we- AI. <laughs> we can talk about the Beatles' new single in After Hours. Yeah. I was going to say, speaking about smooth sailing, Tony, quanta shareholder remuneration uh, revolt. Uh, well, I can't decide if this is smooth sailing or not because about 90% of the shareholders voted against the remuneration package or whatever mm-hmm. you want it, whatever you want to call it. I read on the ABC that the outgoing chairman, what's his name? Goiter. Richard Goiter. Yeah. It's like an attack of Goiter. Um, 
At the start, it says in the ABC, at the start of the AGM, Mr. Goiter said that the vote against the report would likely be around 90%. He was right. Mm. But here's what I can't figure out. If you already know that, why put it to a vote? If you already know shareholders, 90% of shareholders are against it, what the fuck are you doing putting it to a vote in the first place? He's Shouldn't got you be? Law. Why? Well, you got to put. No, a, I mean, oh, you mean you should why, change why, the package? Change the package yeah, to yeah, something yeah. the shareholders approve of. Why are you trying to ram it through? Well, that's what happens. So he's got to do that between now and next year. Because if it, if um, a majority of shareholders vote it down next year, then they've got to spill. They, then they then vote to spill the board. Yeah, right. But he's not going to be around. It's not his no. problem. No. He's gone. Yeah. But my question here is, yeah. if you know that everyone hates it, why are you trying to get it? Why, why are you going ahead with it? Yeah. You're, you're a former senior executive. Your wife's a former senior executive. Explain, explain to me the senior executive corporate thinking here that's going on because I don't get oh, it. The, ex- the executive group think here would be um, doesn't matter what we put up. It's not going to get approved because it's the only way. that It's, a, it's kind of a quirk of the um, corporate law is the only way that shareholders can actually hurt the board is by this mechanism of voting down the REM report. Um, and if they do it two years in a row, then there can be a board spill. So they they could lose all lose their jobs. Um, so it, it yeah, they could have put up. Well, I mean, apart from putting up, Alan Joyce gives his money back to the <laughs> to Qantas. It, the room report was never going to get support under any guys this time around. Right. Okay. So it's all. Backlash against Alan Joyce's uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. running the company into the ground and then taking a big package Correct. and yeah. riding off into the sunset. Yeah. Uh, all right. Macquarie Bank. Macquarie Bank started the day in the red last week. Uh, they reported a 39% drop in half-year profit to $1.4 billion. Uh, what's going on with Macquarie Bank? They're one of your favourites, Tony. What's they are, going on? and they are. They're a, they're a volatile company for sure. But uh, it appears. I mean, I haven't done a deep dive into them, but it appears the issue is coming from the asset division, Macquarie Asset Management. Well, first of all, um, it's also coming from the commodities trading part of the business. So last year, their results were bolstered by the fact that they had this guy trading oil in in Austin, Texas, or Dallas, Texas, somewhere, who made outsized profits. But a large part of – that's not happened again this year. Um, a large part of Macquarie now is what they call Macquarie Asset Management, which is toll roads, so freeways, um, but any sort of asset really bridges, um, imp- other other forms of infrastructure, pipelines, et cetera, et cetera, and the sales. So normally they work on a sort of pipeline, Macquarie Asset Management, so they – buy it, develop it, and then turn it over. Um, sometimes they run them over a long period of time, but a lot of times it's a buy and flip type approach. And uh, with interest rates rising, no one's buying. So they're sitting on assets now, which normally they would be selling part of and booking as profit, which didn't happen this year. So, you know, it's one of those things. It's um, Again, I haven't looked at it in detail, but they still got the assets and they'll still sell them at some stage. Uh, so that profit will come to roost. But it is a very lumpy sort of business when you're doing that. Well, it's been a very lumpy stock for me too. I've bought mm. and had to sell it many times over the last few years. Uh, I noticed like it, was, it wasn't on our buy list today, and but I look at the share price. So when this 
report came out last week. It was trading at a dollar six. Well, the beginning of the second of November was trading a dollar sixty one, dropped down to a dollar fifty six. Today it's at a dollar sixty two. It's back <laughs> up. Like it dropped for like ten minutes mm-hmm. and then bounced back. Uh, Which I think is that old thing we talked about before. The stockbrokers running around town when the quarterly reports are coming out and picking up the phone and going sell, sell, sell on the headline, and then over the next two or three days having a look at the underlying results and saying bye, bye, bye. We got it wrong. <laughs> well, it wasn't QAV, that's for sure, because no, true. Uh, I haven't owned it for a long time. Same. The other thing, I did hear um, some commentary, I think it might have been in the Fin Review, or read some commentary in the Fin Review, saying that Macquarie has gone very heavy into green um, assets in this Macquarie Asset Management Division, and they're finding it hard to sell them at the moment. Right. Yeah, so that that could also be the case. But again, uh, unless the assets have to be written down, they'll just sit on them until they can sell them. Looking back through my trading um, archives, uh, I sold it last out of my super and the dummy portfolio and the light portfolio a while back. I can't remember exactly. It was a three-point trend line sell at Mm -hmm. $1.71. I did the same. And it's at a dollar sixty-two now, so you know it's been coming down since the first of September, really. So yeah, so we saved ourselves a bit of money by selling out when we did. Yeah, but it is a volatile but- stock. I agree. I thought the comment on the green assets was interesting because a lot of people have been getting into that sector now. Whether that means it's an overcrowded market because there aren't that many green assets, um, but the, I think uh, one of the issues that one of the analysts raised was. And I may have, I, again, haven't looked at this in detail, but there was a, a wind farm or a solar farm in the US which had to get written down heavily because the price it was getting for electricity from that um, asset wasn't as high as forecast. So that could be also hurting the assets that Macquarie hold. And plus there's this whole backlash in the US, which has been interesting as well, largely driven by Trump and his kin saying that um, they're suing fund managers for for, for um not buying into fossil fuel industries and buying green assets instead. So there's a um, a whole lot of fund managers who are now pulling out of that that market as well. You've been following the uh, Trump court case in New York. <laughs> He's been banned from doing business in New York. They're pulling his name off of all of the buildings. Uh, it's uh, it's a kind of a, a riot. Yeah, yeah look, yes. I, I, the sad thing is he'll probably get re-elected. Next year. Well, if he's not in prison by then. Well, then he pardons himself. He can't. Why? Because he's being sued and he's he's being found guilty and his court cases are in New York and Georgia. They're states. As a president, you can only pardon yourself for federal crimes, not for Ah. state crimes. Oh, that's interesting, Mm. man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why they're going after him in Southern District of New York and now in Georgia and places like that. So back to MQG before we get off that. We sold it early July, 176 or whatever it was. Went up to 185 bucks a week later. <laughs> uh, so uh, I wouldn't have noticed that because I don't look back, but um, it's mm. been falling steadily ever since then. So, yeah. So do you think QAV was uh, forcing the price down there for a while and it rebounded and then it dropped again? Oh, you don't know. Yeah. You don't know? Did it it cause the price to drop a couple of days ago and then it rebounded? 
Yeah, wasn't no, us then. I don't no. know. Man. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm going to do a pulled pork. Uh, can, uh, that reminds me, I was going through working out what to do a pulled pork on it, and it's hard to find something on the buy list that's a buy and that we haven't done before. So do you mm. keep a list of the prior pulled porks? I, I may have to start repeating myself, but I'll do it with the oldest ones first. Mm, I don't, but okay. I can... I no, can that's fine. My, my memory's fading over the last four years as to what I've done and what I haven't done. Mm. Uh, I I was going to do one on blue scope steel, but I started to look into it, and I thought, yeah, I think I've done this. Mm. Um, I, do you recall me doing blue scope steel? Um, no, but okay. It's possible. Well, I can do it next week. It was back on the buy list again today, right. so um, I can do it next week. But I, I thought I'd done it when I started to do it. Anyway, I have found one. Um, it's called Service Stream, and the code is SSM. <laughs> and uh, it's a it's a company that um, designs, builds, and maintains infrastructure, basically for telcos, utilities, and a bit of transportation infrastructure these days. So it deals in large, complex cabling type um, structures and companies. Uh, was big in the MBN when it was first rolling out, and probably still is big in the MBN. Uh, big big customer. The telcos are a big customer. Uh, it's currently a Josephine. Um, it's above its sell line and its buy line, but it's I think it's a couple of cents below last month's close. So it's not necessarily a buy right now, but people may want to have a look at it. Um, interesting company, and and it's on the buy list, and it's it's definitely there for value. I'm not sure it's going to be there for quality, so I'll just run through that and and talk about talk about why I think that. Um, ADT is six hundred and twenty three thousand, so it's a reasonable size for people to have a look at uh, with their own portfolios. As I said, engineering firm. Um, history largely came out of the telco sector, and I remember them. They've been around for 20-odd years or more. And interestingly enough, I couldn't find a history, a corporate history on their website, so I pieced together a little bit through newspaper clippings, et cetera. Um, I remember them, but my memory of them as being a telco infrastructure provider, and one of the problems that they had over the years was they basically only had two key customers, Telstra and the MBN. But it looks like um, now they've they've realised that and they've de-risked that dependence. And even though telco is still probably half their business, they're now about forty percent um, with the the uh, other types of infrastructures, mainly electricity companies. And ten percent is this growing part of their business with uh, transport networks. Uh, they they did uh, purchase Lend Leases uh, Services business a couple of years ago, so. I guess they've been acknowledging the fact that they don't want to be too dependent on big telcos and they're trying to diversify away from them, so that's all good. Uh, I think um, I think it'd be fair to say without you know being too negative on the company, they've had a bit of a rocky road of acquisitions and contracts gone wrong, uh, contract blowouts, um, fixed-price contracts not being... Um, you know, profitable for them or construction delays, et cetera. And I, I went back over their history. They do put all their annual reports online. And um, this was the lead sort of sentence in the 2023 director's report. And, and it goes, while the board was disappointed with the reported onerous contract and associated financial impacts on the business, we are pleased by the way in which the executive team has steered the business through this issue. And if I go back to the the oldest report on their website, 2010, 
It says, I am pleased to report that the management team have dealt decisively with the problems the company encountered with the service stream infrastructure services. The management of that issue has not prevented the company from retaining its major contracts and relationships with Telstra, ETSA, Optus and Vodafone and winning the business with important new customers such as Origin Energy and the Queensland State Government. So large contracts on thin margins can make for a you know a very volatile business. And I guess that's my um, headline for, for people who are interested in looking at this. It, it has a rocky history. It has been a bit of a falling knife over the last sort of four or five years, but it has just sort of come around a little bit uh, and started to appear on the buy list. Um, it's turned The stock price has turned around, uh, looking like a kind of Nike swoosh at the moment, long decline down the, um, down the main part of the logo and then just turning up at the bottom. So that's the business. Um, if I look at the numbers, the share price I did the analysis at is, was 83 cents, which was less than consensus target. Very low yield of only 1.81%, so we can't score it on that. Stock Doctor, Stock Doctor Financial Health wasn't strong. It's currently in their early, early warning category, and it's been there for a long time. So it's not going to score on the financial health um, dimension, which is a, a bit worrying in itself, but anyway. Um, but it does score because it's a recovering financial health. So I've spoken about that before. I tend to like recovering financial health. Um, does it does mean the management are dealing with their problems and they're concentrated on the financials and, and trying to write them. If I go through the numbers, the ROE for this company is only two and a half percent. Not that we use that in our scoring, but it's um it's a very low uh, margin business and and that's one of the things which works um, against it, I think in some ways. Um, however, prop cap is five point three nine times. so this is going to score well from the valuation metric, but thin on the ground from the um, the, the sort of business performance side of things. Uh, the share price of $0.83 cents isn't below IV1 or IV2, so we can't score it from that point of view. Uh, but it is below the net equity per share plus 30, which is 98%, 98 cents, sorry, net equity per share plus 30%, which is 98 cents. So it's it scores from that point of view. So on the valuation side, not too bad. Uh, the other thing it scores well for is earnings per share is, is forecast to grow uh, and almost triple over the next um, year or so. So whether we believe that or next year's annual report hit starts with, uh, despite the problems we've had in our big contract with so-and-so, we our management have got us through it. Uh, we look forward to the future. But anyway, they're forecasting a large forecast uh, uh, increase. The forecast increase in earnings per share is 270%, which is good, which means we score it for growth over PE, which in this case is 616 um, when the threshold is 1.5 before we scare it, uh, score it, so that's good. Uh, don't have an owner-founder. Directors only hold 1%, so we can't score it for that. Interestingly enough, the PE on this company is 45 times, um, which we which we can't score it for. It's not the highest or the lowest, though, funnily enough. But that's a huge lot of cash coming in that doesn't make it to the bottom line, um, which is an interesting sort of telling sort of um, thing in itself. And I'll come – I think – the reason in this might be that it might be like the one I did last week, the pulled pork last week, where I spoke about data three, where they tend to have large contracts where, uh, you know, basically they get large revenues from supplies and then pay that, sorry, large revenue from customers and then pay most of the back to supplies on, on their thin margins. I think that might be going on here as well. Uh, Cause you can look at the operating cash flow and it, um, 
if you break it down, there are large uh, sales to customers, but then there are large payments to suppliers, and the cash flow that's left is uh, you know quite tiny compared to the billions going in and out of the account. On top of that, it looks like there was a, a tax refund this year of some uh, $44 million, which is boosting operating cash, uh, which was about operating cash flow, I think was about 90 odd million dollars. So um, it's it's possible as one of the companies, those companies that have a good a good half or a good year from a prop calf point of view, and then it disappears again into the future. Uh, but yeah, definitely a thin a thin margin. Net profit for this company was 0.58 of, of a percent this year. So look, the risks. Um, oh, well, sorry, I should give you the score. All in all, uh, well, sorry, it did score for a new upturn and didn't score for consistently increasing equity. All up, it was 11 out of 16 or 69% uh, for the quality score and the QAV score was 0.13. So towards the bottom of our buy list. Um, I think the risks on this are probably self-explanatory from what I said, that uh, this company operates on razor-thin margins and therefore if there's a mistake, it doesn't have a, a big buffer to, to, to trade its way through it without uh, damaging the profitability. Uh, but they have also called out in their in their um, recent statements that inflation is impacting on their business, and I guess that may be because a lot of the contracts are fixed price and were put in place before inflation was as, as big an issue as it is now. But even if that's not the case, they are also calling out that it's difficult to find labour um, at the moment. There's a labour shortage going on in their engineering businesses. So a couple of risks there. Um, on the positive side, though, they are forecasting a big increase in earnings, so if we take that at face value, then the shares should go up based on the um, earnings increasing next year. So on the buy list, may not be there next half, um, raise thin margins, um, does have a history of being volatile, uh, but does have a forecast to um, improve profit next uh, next year and is trading at a very low prop calf. And I own it in my super portfolio. It was <laughs> nearly a rule one sell for me. It- I think on Friday, but it's rebounded a bit today, so I've still got it. Okay. Hopefully, now that you've done that, it's going to go to the moon, Tony. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll do Blue Scope Steel next week, which unless uh, no, you, what, comes I looked up. it up. You did it in December. I thought so. Okay. I won't do it then. I'll yeah. try and find something else. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the end of the free episode of QAV for this week. If you're a new listener, I just should let you know how this works. So we have a free episode every week, runs for about half an hour. We have a premium episode also every week. It goes for another 30 to 60 minutes, depending on how many questions we get. It's where Tony answers questions from our club members. If you want to check out the premium episodes and all the other benefits of being a QAV club member, which is access to the checklist and and the Bible and uh, the private Facebook groups and the other comms channels that we have, invites to the dinners, Zoom calls, etc., etc. Sign up for the two-week free trial and check out all that stuff out. You can do that at qavpodcast.com.au. Look for the um, free trial button there. And if you like the idea of value investing QAV style but don't feel like you have the time or resources to learn how to do QAV for yourself. Think about signing up for QAV Lite. That's our relatively new service where we send you the stock tips every week. And then we also monitor those stocks in a portfolio. And if they become a sell, 
we email our QAV Lite members and tell them that it's time to sell that stock and what to replace it with. Check that out too. It's sort of a low effort way of doing QAV. Still better if you know how to do it yourself, I think, because Tony could get hit by a bus and then where are you? But while he's not, <laughs> we can do this. So check that out, qavpodcast.com.au slash light, L-I-G-H-T. If you don't want to sign up to any of those, just keep listening to the free episode. And if you have any questions, shoot me an email. You'll find that on our website too. All right, have a great week and good luck with your investing. The QAV Podcast is a production of Spacecraft Publishing Proprietary Limited, authorised representative of AFSL 520442, AFS representative number 00129217182. Please don't make any investment decisions based solely on listening to this podcast. This is presented as general advice only, not personal financial advice. We don't know your personal financial circumstances. Please see a financial planner before making any investing decisions. Thank you.